Good morning. How's everybody doing? Please be seated. Don't get up. Don't leave. I know I'm not Pastor Chris. I'm the younger, smaller version of Pastor Chris. No, uh, listen, my name is Pastor Weston. If you're new here, maybe you're, this is your first time here, you're a guest here this morning. My name is Weston Weaver, and my beautiful bride, Kelsey, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as a student in Connections Pastors here, and Pastor Chris will be back next week. So don't make your judgment call today on like, I didn't like his preaching. It's okay. It gets better next week. You just have to come next week. So please come back. Maybe you just came for the burgers today. God bless you. Those are going to be good too. No, hey, listen, we are so excited that you are here this morning. Be praying for Pastor Chris and Miss Megan as they travel. Uh, They went on a very much well-deserved uh, needed vacation this week, and so they're going to be gone. They're going to be traveling back this evening, so be praying for them as they, get, as they come back, and then also be praying for Kelsey and I, and along with four other leaders this week, we are going to youth camp, woo, with 30, yeah, yeah, no, give it up, with 38 students, Jesus, help, oh Lord, help us, and uh, 21 of those are girls, she got her hands full. So, hey, no, that is, that is awesome. We, we literally tripled from, from last year. So we are so excited as far as the group that we're taking. God's going to do some incredible things in our students' lives. So just be praying for safety there and back. Safety there because we're going to be playing sports and getting crunk and getting crazy. That, that means having a good time. So we're going to be doing a lot of really cool stuff and be praying just for no sickness or anything like that. That'd be wonderful. If you can, with me right now, can you welcome online all the people watching? Come on, celebrate them right now. Thank you for tuning in. And then all the, the men and women are in our correctional facility, go ahead and celebrate them watching. We love you. We thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed today's experience. Listen. I am so excited about today's message. I feel like God is really going to do some really cool stuff. We're going to dive into Psalms chapter 23, and we're going to talk about what God says about the good shepherd, the good shepherd. But I want to kind of tell this little illustration, this little story before I do. Uh, Several months back, we were having our next steps class, and and next steps. If you don't know, it's for it's like a a, a session that we have every month. We're going to be kicking off again. We're taking a break for the summer, but kicking off again in the beginning of August. Next steps. It's for all the people that are wanting to connect more, know a little bit more about the church, maybe get more involved, become members, and so we're going to be kicking off that in August. And I want to encourage you if you're new here. Get involved in that. We're going to have a sign-up coming up in July. But several months ago, in one of our Next Step sessions, and in fact, the second session, uh, we're talking about Discover. And uh, I'll never forget, and I, and I asked permission to share this, Miss Betty Bro, she, she was taking her spiritual gifts assessment, okay? Spiritual gifts assessment, and basically it just kind of helps you find out what your spiritual gifting is, what God has placed in you, right? And so she takes it, and, and she raises her hand. She's like, Pastor Wes, I think something's wrong. Like, something is, something is seriously wrong. And I said, oh, okay, okay, all right, we can check it out. So I go over there, and, I, and I, I'm looking at this little assessment that she's taken, and she has her results there, and she has scored a nine in this particular category. Now, let me help you out. A nine is the highest Thing that you can get, the highest score you can get in any particular category. She said, I don't like that. I'm a shepherd and a pastor. 
I'm not that. <laughs> I don't know who set this up, who's trying to punk me or something, but that ain't right. I'm not, I'm not a shepherd. I'm not a pastor. But here, let me, let me help you. And, and something that I had to communicate with her as well is that every member is a minister. Every person is a pastor. And, and this lady serves every, every single week faithfully, whether it be greeting, whether it be helping our kids in the back. And I, and I just simply explained to her, hey, you're a pastor, You're a shepherd in your own right because you may go back there and you may babysit kids, but we don't think of it as babysitting kids. We think of it as impacting kids' eternity, and she is a shepherd to her flock. She is a pastor to those babies. So whenever your kids are dropped off in the back, they're not just getting, you know, oh, just I got a babysitter for two hours. Hey, praise God. No, no, we don't do that. You have a shepherdess back there watching over your babies that's taken care of. Let me read just the, the, the description of a pastor or a shepherd. The divine strength or ability to care for the personal needs of others by nurturing and mending life issues. That's what it's all about. And I really believe that when David was writing Psalm chapter 23, I really firmly believe that he was writing this for us. Yeah, sure, he was, he was a shepherd himself. Before he was ever a king over Israel, he was a shepherd first, shepherding sheep. And so he's writing from a personal experience, but I really believe he was writing for us some thousands of years later to be able to hold on and proclaim something absolutely incredible. So are you ready? We're going to dive right in. No. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just wait. All right. <laughs> I've got tickets to get burgers. I don't know if you do, but I can wait. I'm kidding. All right. Psalm chapter 23, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you have an electronic device, you can turn there. Or if you don't have either, you can cheat. Just look on the screen. That's cool too. That's why we have them. Okay, let's read together. Psalm chapter 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, not my own. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes we read yea, I just read it like yeah. Like David was a gangster. So he's like, yeah, I may walk through the valley, but I ain't scared. Some of y'all didn't think that was funny. I'll take that out of my notes. Not funny. Okay. Yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow. This is just how I read the Bible. All right. David was a G. All right. I will fear no evil. I told you it was going to be different. I'm a youth pastor, y'all. Y'all got to just work with me. All right. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Now watch this. I love this depiction that David is painting for us right now because it's the depiction of a shepherd and his sheep, right? Though I may be a sheep of the flock, you, you lead me, your staff, your rod, they comfort me. That, that, that's, that's sheep language. That's flock language, right? He's talking about the sheep and the shepherd and the flock. But then all of a sudden, David kind of goes through this transitional moment. And all of a sudden, the language and the linguistics and the grammar all of a sudden changes from sheep and flock to personal. And this is where we're going to spend most of our time today talking about really what this verse 5 and 6 mean for us today. So again, diving right in, verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me. 
Now, here's the thing. Kelsey hates when I do this, but I love doing it. Your goodness and love, I'm sure they will follow me, but please don't call me Shirley, all right? That's not my name. Anyway, I've seen that. Some of y'all, y'all get that joke. She's like, stop it. That's not even funny. Okay. I love you. All the days of my life. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's good, y'all. That's good. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you. Have your way today in this place. God, speak through your word straight into our heart. Change us, mold us, make us by who you have called us to be, who we know that we should be. We love you for it. In Jesus' name. Remember I said? Amen. All right, so verse five, we're going to break this down verse by verse, scripture by scripture, and we're going to pull out of it what I believe God is saying today. The first half of verse five, whenever I read that, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Time out, God. I don't like that. I don't like that. That messes with me. In the presence of my enemies? Sometimes I look at that and I'm like, why would he do that? Why are you going to do that to me, God? In the presence of my enemies? I don't even like them right? How are you going to put me in a place with people I don't even like? They get on my nerves. You know that. Why are you going to put me there, right? Oh, come on, somebody. Don't act like you just, no, I don't know what he's talking about, right? Why on earth would they come to the same services I do? Don't they know that I got beef with them? Let's cook it, right? Some of y'all, y'all going to join with me in a minute. Y'all going to get it, right? Right? Sometimes we do that, right? Sometimes we go to the store and it's like, mm, why are they even here? I don't even know why. Why would, you, why would you shop at Walmart? Why don't you just go to Super One? Don't you know, right? Some, sometimes we got issues with people, right? And they get on my nerves, right? right? Maybe you driving and all of a sudden it's like, why don't you learn how to drive, right? Why don't you go back somewhere else, right? And figure out how to drive and get your driver's license back because obviously you don't know how to drive. And then all of a sudden they pull up in the same church parking lot as you. Hello. Why you got to do that, God? Why you got to do that? Prepare a table before me at the presence of my enemies? No. Why? Why would he do that? But listen, this is, this is where it gets good. We're rivals, right? I, I don't like them. I don't understand why God does that sometimes. God positions us in places we don't want to be around people we don't want to be around sometimes. But here's why he does it. To make us more aware and more dependable on him. To, more, to, to be more aware and to put our focus on who he is rather than our own selfish like wants and desires and needs. And I don't even want you here. You'd be getting on my nerves, right? God doesn't put you in the presence of enemies so you can focus on your enemies. He puts you in a position, in a place to flourish and focus on who he is. He does this so your focus can be, become more on who God is and how he can save you rather than where you are and who surrounds you. That's why God does it sometimes. The other day, it was, it was raining out, and Kelsey had come up to the church, and she brought Camry with her, our little almost two-year-old next month. Gosh, time flies. Uh, but anyway, they were coming up for their little ladies' workout and a little shameless plug. You know, if y'all want to work out with the ladies up here, they got a little small group going on in the afternoons, and y'all can come and do, you know, stuff. All right. So Kelsey comes up here, and she was raining, and it was raining, and she said to me, hey, do you mind, like, going over and unlocking the building because nobody's here? I'm like, yeah, girl, I got you. And so I grabbed Camry because Camry wanted to, you know, just walk with Daddy in the rain. I don't, I don't know why, but so I'm, I'm carrying Camry like this. I unlock the door, and I'm just walking, like, back here, you know, back, back in the dark. I didn't know, I don't know why I didn't, I didn't turn on the lights. I was just, you know, I obviously know where I'm going, so I'm just kind of walking back there to unlock the door. 
and Camry is on my side, and all of a sudden, she kind of shifts her weight, like, in front of me, and I'm like, okay, all right, hey, girl, you all right, you good? And she starts wrapping her arms around my neck. She doesn't do this. This girl is, like, brave. She'll do anything, and, and I'll never forget what she said. As I'm walking back right there, she said, Daddy, it's dark. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, the obvious, right? Daddy, it's dark. And, and just off the cuff, just saying what I would just say any, and I said, I know, baby, I got you. Some of you connecting right here. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter who surrounds you. It doesn't matter where you're at or where your enemies are. You need to realize who the shepherd is. You see, at the current time, my daughter was so focused on the dark, but God doesn't want you to focus on the dark. He wants you to realize who your daddy is. You have to realize who the shepherd is. That's the first point for today. No matter where you're going, no matter what table you sit at and who sits across from you, who's around you, no matter what Walmart you go to and the person that you that you don't like, that gets on your nerves, the person you got beef with, maybe the person that wrongs you, maybe the person that gets on your nerves the most, maybe a family member that you just haven't been, you know, clicking with here recently. I don't care who it is. I don't care what's going on. At the end of the day, God places you in a position so that way you can focus more on him than your surrounding areas in your life. It's not about them and it's not about where you're at. It's about who he is. We have to realize who our shepherd is is. Are you ready? We're going to keep going. Reading verse 5, again, the second half. He says this, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, I want to just kind of break this down. This can really be kind of two separate parts, but we're going to combine them for the sake of time today. You anoint my head with oil is a reference to when David was anointed king. And again, you have to understand this, church, that, that David was just a little shepherd boy. In fact, if you go back and read this, and, and a few months ago, we actually preached this in our youth service, uh, talking about royalty, you have to understand that David was a nobody from nowhere. In fact, Samuel came to anoint a king, and he was looking for a king-like man, but he could find nobody in the house. Jesse lined up all his sons. This has got to be the guy. This has got to be the guy. He, surely he's the king, or he's the king. And he says, none of these guys are the king. Where, do you have any more sons? And he said, yeah, I mean, David, but he's, you know, he's David. He's just a little shepherd boy. He's, he's on the backside of a pasture shepherding sheep. What's he got to do with being a king? And can I tell you today, church, that no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in life, no matter whether you're down and out, no matter whether you're on just the worst luck of your life right now, God has not forgotten about you. In fact, he says, you anoint my head with oil is a reference when David said, you know what, God, I'm not forgotten. You remember me. And you didn't just anoint me just to be nothing. You anointed to be something. You anointed me to be king over Israel. You anoint my head with oil. You recognize me. You put me in a position to succeed. You call me nobility when, no, when somebody else calls me nobody. You call me something when, when, when somebody else calls me nothing. I can trust and learn and lean on God. When you anoint my head with oil, I'm a part of a kingship, a priesthood, an honorary I can be long to something that otherwise I would not belong to. You anoint my head with oil. And oh yeah, by the way, if that's not enough, my cup overflows. Now, whenever I was studying this out and reading this, I didn't really get that. Because all of a sudden, David is like in the middle of the verse, just transitioning. 
Like, you anoint my head with oil. Thank you for, for recognizing me and, and putting in a position to succeed and being a king and, and being queens, right? God has called me, and my cup overflows. Like, that just doesn't flow with the rest of the passage, David. I don't understand what you're saying. And it took some, sev- some, some studying out that, that I had to understand that, that God anoints us but my cup overflows. Now, I'm going to do a little illustration with you. I'm going to pull this over into the light. So that way, because we don't like to be in the darkness, we like to be in the light. Come on, somebody. I didn't even, that wasn't even my notes. That's, that's free today. All right. So I, I brought this little uh, Batman cup. I'm bringing it back. Um, Batman is like one of my favorite characters. Got this from McDonald's when McDonald's used to give really good gifts instead of them little cheap kid, whatever things they call these days. So here's the thing. I have like maybe five like legit drinks that I absolutely love. Number one, Coke. Number two, tea. And then sometimes my wife makes me drink water, but that's like number five. But whenever we go to like a restaurant or something, she's like, you need to get water. I'm like, well, you need to, no, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't say anything. I say, yes, ma'am. Um, so Coke, tea, water, and then coffee, of course, come on somebody. But up there really close to number one, I don't, I don't, it's, it's chocolate milk. It's, oh, Jesus. Um, mm, I had some this morning. In fact, in this cup, I had to wash it out. Sorry. All right. But a close number six is Sprite. All right. This is kind of the sixth uh, man here. Sprite. Anybody know the, 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 the slogan of Sprite? Came out several years ago. It's obey your thirst. Obey your thirst. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack this open. This is, today, this is sponsored by Ed Smith. Thank you, Ed. You're awesome. All right, sorry, that wasn't a part of the illustration. Okay, so watch this. This is, is really us. This really represents who we are. And, and on our own merit, I mean, we can fill this cup. On our, own, on our own talent and ability, we can make this cup full. But the scripture doesn't say, Lord, my cup is full. It doesn't say that. My cup is filled. No, it doesn't say that either. No, you see, church, on our own merit and our own talent and our own charisma, we can do a lot of good things. We can fill this cup up, and that's good. That's great and all, but that's not what Scripture says. No, Scripture actually says, my cup overflows. Oh, you know it's about to get real today. You see, on our own talent and merit, we can do nothing. But with God, come on, somebody, our cup overflows. With Jesus, it's good. With Jesus, it's more than enough. With Jesus, he can do more than you ever expected and what you could do on your own. With Jesus, oh, I'm going to keep going. With Jesus, he can do more than enough, more than you ever expected on your own. He doesn't just quench your thirst. He will do it continually. Continuously. Yesterday, I was talking to my, my boy, Eric. Eric was working hard on a roof. That brother was hot. He took a picture. He's like, hey, brother looked just tired. I was like, Jesus, he needs Jesus, right? Be out on a roof in 100-degree weather. But this is what was crazy was if I showed up to Eric and I said, hey, bro, I got you a Sprite. Here you go, right? I'm sure on that hot roof, it's going to be like, oh, thanks, bro. It's only going to do so much in the current time. Would you agree? But if I showed up with a two liter and I said, hey, bro, this is for the whole afternoon and say, hey, right? There's something about a continual outflowing, outflowing and overflowing experience. Can I tell you, church, today that the action of a cup running over implies that there is a continual outpouring. 
Thus concluding that God was, is, and will always be pouring out his spirit, his blessing, his favor, his anointing, his goodness, his mercy, and his love on you. As long as you decide to walk in the will of the Father, as long as you decide to follow the good shepherd, then the anointing, priesthood, nobility, and et cetera, et cetera, will ultimately continue to follow you. Number two, we have to realize who our anointing comes from. We have to realize who our anointing comes from. In verse 6, we continue reading. Verse 6, the first half, it says, Surely your goodness, don't call me Shirley, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. We're going to focus on that first part. Surely your, your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. Here's the thing. The question that I ask a lot of times is, how can that happen? How do I, put it this way, how do I exude love and goodness. Another version says mercy. In fact, the New Living Translation says an unfailing love, goodness and unfailing love. But how can that follow me, right? How, how, how can I operate that? How, how can, whenever I walk, Pastor Weston, how can I exude goodness and love and mercy and kindness and favor? How can that follow me if I'm not following Jesus? Because you have to realize it's got to come from somewhere, And I love what Jesus tells the Pharisees in John chapter 10 whenever he's trying to tell them this story and he's trying to kind of almost exemplify who he is as Jesus as being the good shepherd. And he says this in John chapter 10 verse 4. He says, after he has gathered his own flock, again referencing the shepherd, talking about bringing them out of the gate. God is the gate, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. It says this, after he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. Church, can I tell you that no matter matter what you do in life, if you don't follow the voice of the good shepherd, how can we ever expect to to operate in the goodness and the love and the mercy that God has called us to if we don't first follow his voice? We have to get to a place to where I'm in the will of God and I listen to God's voice. If we're willing to follow God's voice and his direction for our lives and trust his will, then goodness and love will surely follow. We have to look like Jesus. And here's the thing. We look most like Jesus when we exude goodness, love, mercy, right, in our community. When we follow the voice of the good shepherd. And number three. We must realize whose voice to follow. Because let's be honest, sometimes there's little extra voices in our lives that we kind of give a foothold to, if we're honest, right? Sometimes we give a a little bit more uh, opinions to everybody in our life, right? Like, um, Sharon, hey, how are you doing? Listen, I just need some advice, right? And sorry if your name's Sharon. I really just pulled that out of nowhere. Hey, Sharon. Hey, Emily. I don't, I don't know. Hey, Bill. What's up? Sorry if your name's Bill. I, I'm just keep this going. All right. Hey, Bill, right? I need some advice, bro. Instead of seeking, and there's nothing wrong with seeking advice from, from other people. I do that all the time with my wife. In fact, earlier this week, I was like, hey, babe, I need, I need some, some help. Like, man, can, can, I didn't call you man. Sorry. <laughs> man, this is how I just, just talk with my boys, you know. I was like, babe, what, what do I do? Like, because I have all these different things with, with what's going on with the sermon. And I feel like, you know, I'm kind of juggling back and forth. And she was just like, 
God will lead you, you know. It's like, you know, you'll figure it out. It's like, thanks, babe, you know. It's not a bad thing to seek the advice and the counsel from other people, right? In fact, our our guys, Pastor Chris and and Pastor Blaine, talked about it last week, iron sharpens iron. But if we're following the advice and the voice from other people, a lot of times we lose sight of the voice that we really should be listening to, right? Is the first thing that you do call somebody up instead of reading your Bible, right? Where is God trying to lead you in this? A lot of times we just give foothold to just whoever wants to speak into my life. What does the newspaper say? What does Facebook say? Oh Lord, help us, Jesus. Hear me today. What you exude is an example of the voice you follow. What you exude, what you express, what you give off, what follows you is an example of whose voice you follow. We have to be willing to listen to the voice of the shepherd the good shepherd. And this is the last verse we're going to kind of go over again in verse six, the last half. I love what David writes here. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Literally, this whole passage, this whole chapter 23 is leading up to this one monumental pinnacle moment. And I will dwell in your house forever. This is what I've been waiting for. I don't know about y'all, but whenever I read that, I get excited, right? Oh, heck yeah, right? Because listen, I don't love Jesus. I didn't fall in love with Jesus. Whenever I was seven years old and I gave my heart to Jesus, I didn't say that, Lord, I want to love you because I don't want to go to hell and burn. <laughs> Jesus, help me. I don't want to do it, right? No, we, we don't fall in love with Jesus because of what we don't want to do. We fall in love with Jesus because of where we're going to be, right? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever with you. I don't not love Jesus because I don't want to go to hell. I love Jesus because I want to go to heaven with him. I want to spend eternity with my Savior. I want to see my grandfather whenever I get to heaven. I want to see my family. I want to see all of you. I want to see everybody I had an impact in whenever I was living here on earth. I want to go to heaven because I love what God has done, not because of what I'm scared of. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One commentator describes it this way. The passage expresses the longing of the soul for a sense of continual presence of God. In fact, a realization of constant communion with him. David is writing and weaving us on this journey towards this revelation that if we are willing to capture the heart of God, the heart of a good shepherd, then we will dwell and abide in his presence forever. In fact, David continued writing about this because he He saw importance in it. And later in Psalm chapter 27, verse 4, he says, this one thing that I asked the Lord. How how many of you have ever started off with that prayer? God, this is not a list today. I'm not giving you like one, two, three, four, five points in a conclusion. Today, this one thing. Start out with prayer for, for that tomorrow morning. Lord, I just want to ask you one thing. In fact, this one thing I seek after. I seek after daily. I seek after every single waking moment of my life. This one thing that I ask, Lord, I seek after is to live in the house of the Lord for all my days, all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. We fall in love with Jesus, the good shepherd, because of where we want to spend eternity with him. 
Number four, we have to realize where we belong. And we belong in the presence of God always. Always. That's where we belong. That's where God is calling us to. That's where, what ultimately God has for us. But how many of you know, some of you would sit here today and say, well, Pastor Weston, it's not always about, you know, bliss, butterflies, and colorful rainbows, you know, just walking outside, and it's just like, yeah, go Jesus, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah, new hope's really changed my life. No. How many of you know that? Yeah, that happens. How many know tomorrow when we go to work? Oh, something bad is going to happen. You know, story of my life, the down and out. Man, this is just not working out how I really expected it to. I really wanted God to just mm, really do this, and he hasn't. He hadn't come through for me. Why do bad things happen to good people, right? We always throw that excuse out. I get it. Sometimes we don't realize who the shepherd is. We don't understand where the anointing comes from. We don't understand whose voice to listen to, and we don't always spend time in his presence like we should. In fact, the opposite happens. Sometimes we get lonely. We get scared. We're worried. Maybe we're in trouble. Maybe we're financially stressed or in need. Maybe our family's under attack. I have doubt. I have concern. I'm lost. Whatever the case may be for you, I want you to realize this one thing. This one thing. In fact, we sang about it today, and I'm going to ask Aaron to come up. I was literally concluding this message earlier this week, and uh, I, you know, felt really good about it. And all of a sudden, I, I realized, and I really felt it was God just starting in my spirit, like, hey, you sing this song all the time. Aren't you forgetting something? I was like, duh. <laughs> I, I forgot about this one passage in Scripture. And literally, the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, and, and the way God operates is literally just littered throughout the entire Bible. So many different passages and references to the shepherd, the good shepherd, and how he takes care of us and things like that. But I love the parable in Luke 15 that Jesus tells. And I've even referenced it before and read it before before for the church and I want to read it today and I I want I want some things to click for you. Luke 15 verse 4 he starts out Jesus says suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Not, not letting up, not giving in. Oh, well, I've got 99 to, that I got, you know, back in the pasture. That one's just lost. In fact, the, the title of this particular scripture passage is the lost sheep. And a lot of times we like to focus on the lost sheep, but we miss the good shepherd in the story. Verse 5, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. A lot of times we just skim through that. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Okay, that's cool. I, I can't tell you how many times, like, I get upset with my kids sometimes. Like, Camry, like, why can't you just listen? Listen to me, right? She's two years old. She's like, 
Sometimes I just want to, ah! But then she's so cute. She gives me those puppy dog eyes and she's like, daddy? Listen, if, if my kid was lost in Walmart tomorrow, I wouldn't, when I find her, can I tell you the heart of a daddy? the heart of a shepherd. I'm not going to get mad and angry. Why did you do that? Why did you leave me? Why did you just run away? I don't understand. You have to listen. You have to, I don't understand why you have to be so ignorant and not listen to your daddy. God's not like that. He says when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Can I tell you the heart of a daddy and the heart of a shepherd to say, baby, I love that I know that you're safe. That's the heart of a father. That's the heart of a shepherd. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and he doesn't just stop there. And that's what I love about God, is that he doesn't say, I'm glad you're safe. Thanks. Let's go home. No, he celebrates the moment. He celebrates the opportunity to celebrate the lost sheep. You know what? I'm not going to just tell you that, hey, I'm glad you're found. I'm going to make sure you know that you're loved, that you're cared about. He calls his friends. He calls his neighbors and says, rejoice with me, for I found my lost sheep. Let's throw a party. Let's have a great time. Let's, ha- let's celebrate the moment right now. And some of you sit here today in this very room and say, Pastor Weston, I'm down and out. I can't get it right. I can't make my family love me. I can't make my family understand. I can't make my family. I can't do this and I can't do that. I'm lost. I don't have all the answers. I'm concerned. I have doubt. I have questions. And I don't know who this good shepherd that you say is. Can I tell you today, church, that he's searching for you. He's seeking for you. He's not giving up on you. He loves you. And when he finds you he doesn't just stop there but he says come on let's celebrate because we've got something to celebrate about and that's the heart of a good shepherd that's the heart of God that he doesn't just stop he doesn't relent he doesn't let up he doesn't give in I'm going to find you because I love you because I care about you And if we will get to a a place where we realize all of those things, listen to the voice to listen to, realize where your anointing comes from, realize who your shepherd is. And that, that sums it up. Realize where we belong. It's time we realize those things. And that with him, that's who the good shepherd is. So this is what I want to do today. We're going to close out early. Praise God give you some time to eat some burgers. I went just right there in this moment. Just everybody, just close your eyes. Nobody's looking around. Given today's message, you sit here today and you say, Pastor Weston, you, you stepped on it several things that I'm dealing with. I want to know this good shepherd. I want to realize who my shepherd is, who my God is, who my Savior is. If you would sit here today and you say, Pastor Weston, I need Jesus like never before in my life. I want to know this Savior. I want to know this shepherd. I want to know who my God is like never before. Maybe, maybe you sit here and you've had a relationship. You've committed before. But it's been a long time since you've actually had a conversation. See, 
A lot of times we think that just a one-time prayer gets us saved. Can I tell you, it's, it's about a continual relationship. Kelsey and I have a great relationship, but if I never talk to her, then what good is that relationship? There's got to be a continual conversation, a prayer life with the one you call Savior. If you sit here today and say, Pastor Weston, this is me. This message was for me today, and I want to know my Savior, or I need to get back in right relationship with Him. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up right where you're at. Yeah, I see you. Wow. All over this room. Wow. Praise God. Probably 15 of you. Wow. You can put your hands down. Is there anybody else? I just, maybe you're, you're thinking about it. Listen, I, I just want to tell you, God loves you. We're going to pray this prayer together as, a, as the entire church body, just right where you're at. Whether you lifted your hand, or whether you, whether you didn't, maybe you thought you should have. We're going to all pray this prayer together. And here's the thing, church, we believe here at New Hope that when you pray this prayer, you are saved. And the kingdom of God goes nuts, goes crazy because they're excited about who they are welcoming into the kingdom. But church, can I tell you that a lot of times we we do this and we make this decision, but we walk out of here and we go back to doing the same things that got us here in the first place. Are we going to let the decision that we make today affect the rest of our life? So if you're here today, we're going to pray this prayer together. I just want you to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Help me realize who you are. As a shepherd, save me. Take my life. Make it yours. Create in me something new, something real, something that will last in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, celebrate what God's done. Isn't that good? Listen, thank you for worshiping here with us at New Hope today. If you made a decision today, Maybe you, you recommitted, rededicated your life. We would love the, or, or maybe if you're new here, we would love the opportunity to connect with you and your family. We ask that you fill out a connect card. Take the time to do that. Maybe you have something going on that we need to pray with you for. Every Tuesday morning in staff prayer, we pray for any one of those connect cards that come in. Can I tell you that there's a group of ladies that come in here on Tuesday night and they intercede for you and your family. Why? Because we love you. Because we believe that there's a Father in heaven that searches for you, that has everything for you, if you would just trust in him. Thank you for being here. Make sure you fill out that connect card and tell us about what God did in your life. Tell us about your experience here. Tell us how we can be better to serve you and your family. Amen? Stand to your feet all over this place. We're going to close out. I'm going to try to do my very best to... uh, to do the prayer that Pastor Chris always does, but I am not very good at it because he's 
He's just the man. Again, y'all be praying for our pastors as they travel this evening. I miss him. I love him. And uh, he needs to be back because I can't do this every week. Um, <laughs> so hold your hands out like I'm giving you a gift. We're just going to just pray, uh, pray a blessing over you. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you. God, I pray that you would bless your people, God, that you would keep them, God, that you would shine your face upon them, God, and be gracious to them, Lord. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you rest, Lord, in everything we ask that you would have your way in our lives, God. Do something incredible, miraculous this week in us and through us. Use us for your glory, for your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody up in the church house, sit. Amen. God bless you as you go. Y'all have a great time. Go buy some burgers if you haven't already. We love you. Have a great day.